Welcome to Into the Mirror, your top podcast for healings, transformations, and brave new awakenings. My name is Alexander, and I'll be your host today. I want to talk about something a little off the cuff. I've been working a lot on my own self, on my shadow self, and you know, integrating things in myself that I didn't necessarily, don't necessarily like things from the past, but in the spiritual awakening, the process of releasing resentments, um, finding self-forgiveness and forgiving everyone that's ever hurt you is absolutely part of the spiritual process and it's part of healing. And if you've been through addiction, you know, resentments are corrosive. You hear these phrases that come from a lot of 12-step communities and elsewhere. But the point is that resentment, holding on to things in the past, how people harmed you, and not offering them forgiveness, right, is detrimental to any healthy life. And I mean, you can't just say you forgive someone. The forgiveness process has to be authentic. And what I mean really by forgiveness is when you can release it, right? When you actually can release the situation. Like, so for me, I had some things that I did that I feel awful about. I have a, a ex-girlfriend, friend kind of person that I still love unconditionally to this day. But definitely the stuff with her broke my heart. And it's not, you know, in that part of it sucked then, but I'm actually very grateful that she broke my heart because that was the final motivation for me to really get healthy, clean and sober. But the problem with it was that's been challenging. And this is I'm going to use her as an example, because it's someone that I've been really attached to in a lot of ways. Even when we don't speak, I still you know, feel this love. And then if I'm not careful, that unconditional love, and I don't, I'm not talking like romance. I don't need to be with her. I don't need to see her. I don't need to talk to her. Now, I would love to actually speak to her again from the state of being that I'm in now, but I haven't been offered that opportunity. And, you know, I've had to really let go of things like that. The old me would try to like, if I did something wrong, I'd instantly try to fix it. You know, I felt the shame and all those feelings, but I never actually learned how to truly heal from situations. So there was times in my addiction, I was on the run from the cops and I was also trying to start some businesses and just the chaos. It's amazing the things that I actually was successful with in the midst of all that crazy, because I actually, it's funny because I know if I would have been sober through any of those, I would have completely mastered those basic life things. But addiction took me on a different path, um, a path of long term healing. And thank God for me, like actually finding a way out. Thank God for God in the universe. I mean, I had a true spiritual shift from the old me. I always knew I was making mistakes and lying to myself and lying to others to, you know, to hide my addiction or whatever I, you know, to hide the shame of anything I did in my addiction as well. But, you know, it ate away at me. It, there's no amount of substances, especially when you become super drug tolerant, you're not getting high, you literally are just built put your homeostasis becomes on a substance, whether it's physically addictive, or just the mental need for it. You know, you become dependent on it, you, you no longer get the effects you originally got. And this isn't new information. I'm just, you know, giving a baseline for some people out there. So with holding on to the past and like the unconditional love. Now, this woman, I call her, a, she's a totem. She's an archetype in my life because I had to learn to access unconditional love 
to waken. Like, so I was trapped in that chaos. I remember I was just sent to, uh, I mean, the worst time of my life was after I, you know, she started dating someone else. I got super loaded on benzos. I don't remember it, but I sent emails and made accusations about the guy she was seeing. It was awful. I was so ashamed because I remembered none of it, but I do remember in my heart, the feeling, and it's, I mean, this was like, like seven years ago. And I still, I like, I don't, it's one of the harder ones for me to release. You know, those, those stories, those things in her life that are very emotionally and deep impacts are always going to take longer to release. And especially when you're not able to actually feel it, right? You're never going to release something by trying to bypass the motion stored way down here and just shoot it up to the head. So you don't have to feel it in your heart to really release something. You have to learn to surrender. And this is where having this woman, she was an unconditional love totem. I could think of her and feel unconditional love. And I mean it like it was the gift, right? For a long time though, I tried to block that because every time I felt the love for her, I would feel the rejection and then all the reasons why I was rejected or, you know, it really was, I rejected myself. I self-sabotaged everything because I knew I was living lies. Like she cared about me. I would uh, hide it, but I cared deeply for her, but I couldn't get my life together. I was in so much, I mean, being on the run from cops with felony probations and stuff, violations and stuff is, doesn't make it easy to be honest. Your whole baseline becomes deception and that feels justified. You don't want to be caught by the cops to go to jail for things that, you know, I'll be honest, I feel the system is totally absurdly broken. It's meant to traumatize people and exact revenge. And in our world, we can't live that way. So self-forgiveness. I've learned this thing. When someone's very good at forgiving themselves, they help forgive the whole area around them. Now, this might sound you know, grandiose, but no. You learn to forgive yourself. You learn to hear other people tell their stories. And you learn to honor their pain, but also be like, yeah, man, you're forgiven for that. And the religious connotation about forgiveness makes it challenging. But forgiveness is not something religious. Now, religion might have acted and created this weird ass inversion of spirit and you're a shameful being and you're unworthy. And I say, screw all that. That stuff, you can feel it. The religious stuff, it vibrates in your being when it's based in shame and fear. And fear and shame are not the vibration I choose to live at. So you know, back to the unconditional love, I would be in jail, right? I, after I did those things and got, she caught me like, I mean, I was high and stuff. So she caught me, didn't want to speak to me anymore. And really after that point, her and I never healed it. Like, so this was years ago. And I mean, we would talk and, but she could never, like, she was too hurt to even speak about it. And the thing about people that are really hurt, the anger and silence. Silence is so poisonous. Silence is probably the loudest thing you can do. And that is why people do it. It's a, it's a big time manipulation and attack tactic. And, you know, it's hard for me to say that, but she was doing that to me. She was trying to hurt me. She would act like she didn't want to, because she knew if she hurt me too much, I might relapse or blow all these stories she would say to me, you know, and it was partially true, but it was only based on like a person that I was so long ago. And I started, it, I hated it because I would never get a chance at just to let it go, the closure. It was always these 
Mies in these cycles about her over and over and not her necessarily, but the shame in the place my life was at when she was in my life. So I was, I ended up going sent to jail and to prison and I was in there and there's no way I was talking to her. I didn't want to speak to her. I had all, you know, I was so embarrassed. I ended up in prison. I was so ashamed. It was, you know, it sucked. And I know she, um, these people that knew more about what happened to me and stuff, they care about me. I know this, I don't doubt that, but I do know that our society has taught us how to suppress or to try to suppress emotions that they're scary and dangerous and they can be, but they're only usually scary and dangerous when they're not processed and expressed. So I would, um, I kept working on myself. I started doing a lot more meditation going inward and it was very hard because I was in prison. I was just trying to do my time, but then this feelings kept hitting me, this shame and this like over and over. So I, you know, I didn't know what to do. I, I was reading all these books, meditating, but the stuff with her and that story would always come in and trigger these huge adrenaline rushes of hot flashes, the whole gambit of a fear response. Just I could be in perfect bliss and then boom, hit by this energy. And I, you know, it was destroying me. So I started wondering how would I fix this? And you know, what am I not forgiving? Because I thought I forgave her and stuff and everything. I just it was me. I did. I was to blame. And yes, I was to blame. I made bad choices. But we all share responsibility in this reality. We all have a piece of the pie. There's, um, you know, so me saying it was all me wasn't authentic. That wasn't truthful for me to really learn what was going on. I had to dig inward and feel it. And there was times, I mean, the thing about prison that sucks is you never feel like you can truthfully express your emotions. You, if you're vulnerable, people take advantage and you're afraid to cry even though all you need to do is cry. So I would like literally go in the shower where the water's moving and let out tears like bit by bit, like a pressure release. They wanted, it wanted to come out, but I just couldn't do it in the, I didn't feel safe. So I learned how to create safe space, sacred safe space is what I call it. It's my space. It's me grounded in the now moment. And I learned how to breathe and center into my heart, right back into my heart. And I started remembering um, with this ex that the things I just loved, the genuine love. And I started telling myself, it's like, all right, my goal here is not to think about all the things that happened that were wrong. It's just to remember the love because that was what drove me that love was the same thing that motivated me to finally let go of my fentanyl opioid benzo addiction crazy stuff and it was enough to trigger a huge shift of consciousness but integrating that consciousness into a new life and integrating it like one of the problems i found with awakening is you still have these attachments to people and you have to let them go but they're also attachments that help awaken you it's a way that energy works and I had to let go of needing to heal it with her, right? I had to surrender that to much as I could. And I would yin and yang back and forth from, I'm going to say all this and fix it. And then I'm like, no, I just want to let it go. Like back and forth. And it was so hard because the truth was I just loved her. And I love, you know, deeply. And I was I was in a lot of pain and hurt. And so I wanted to express that. I wanted to get closure and... You know, so I started opening my heart up. I would just close my eyes and meditate and I would center my heart like I'm centered on her heart, not in a not in like some romantic way, but 
as a general unconditional love. And it started triggering these uh, amazing feelings of like smiling and laughing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I with all the, and then I started realizing with all the awful stuff, with all that crappy stuff, I still could feel this love. So I'm like, that is a great gift. It's one of the biggest gifts, whether I ever saw her again or not, my soul, my being could feel this love. And I started releasing it and the, my brain would, or would recall old memories. And sometimes I would get hit with some PTSD symptoms when I'd remember some stuff. But each, each time I did, I got better and better at releasing it quicker, letting it process through my body, feeling it and not giving in to, you know, like, and for me, I did all this without going back to my main coping skills. skills. I wasn't, you know, injecting heroin or fentanyl or whatever, but I was finally learning to manage my emotional self and everything. And, but it was very hard. There were so many nights where, I mean, I would have dreams about talking to her and then I'd wake up in prison and I would just, it's some of the worst stuff and not to be like, oh, my life was hard, but man, those were some hard times, but I draw an infinite reserve of strength from those times. And, you know, with her, I just wanted her to know and see me smile again. You know, my teeth, at the end, I had like fixed everything I thought was holding me back with her. And I knew the thing about this spiritual path for me is what originally motivated me, you know, that was this love and showing people I was better stopped as I did day by day. It became about me just being better me being in love with, you know, myself in not a narcissistic way, but in a wholesome way, like to bring peace into my life when I'm in a jail cell by myself alone, no phone, not even a book, and I could still find peace. And those are such profound gifts. I have this ability now to just, man, when shit hits the fan, I can really ground into my center now. So it doesn't mean I don't feel emotions. I feel emotions deeper and more profoundly than I ever have in my life. But I don't go to, you know, for me, it's easy now. But the opioid stuff was very hard because they were my my little gold, my fake blank, gold baby blanket, if you will. I They were insulators. They kept me from feeling my senses and stuff because I'm hypersensitive to energies, emotions, and you know, as I worked on myself, I really began to master those sides of myself. So I tell people that feel very connected to people out there, like they, they're, you know, you know, people use words like twin souls. And, you know, I don't like to prescribe to that type of stuff. Um, the romantically sappy and poisonous thing, but I do believe there's people that I would call our twins that are connected to us at a soul level that help us wake up, that are reminders, like a glimpse of your true self. Even if they're not in their best world, you're, you're like my spirit eyes could see this woman in a different way. And everyone might tell me, dude, she's just normal, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but I love this person, you know? And, you know, for me, like I really learned that like when I saw, felt all that love for her, I finally felt this switch and it's like, now look into the mirror, like realize all that love you feel for her is the love you feel for yourself. It absolutely isn't possible to truly feel the unconditional love that you have for self 
without having or for someone like her without feeling it for yourself. And I noticed how that was true. The more I found unconditional love for myself, the easier it was to forgive. But I um I spoke to her after prison and tried to talk and we started fixing stuff a little bit, but we her and I just ultimately are amazing at triggering each other, which is the gift of that relationship. It's hard to say that when you're mad and angry and um, you know, bitter and resentful because I got better and she seemed to uh, slide into the darkness, if you will. Um, I don't know for sure. And I finally got better. Like I said, I tried to make my amends and my parts and she wouldn't listen. She, she told me pretty much to go screw my amends and a lot of very, uh, actually it was so freeing for me to actually hear her say stuff because she had been silent for so long. So something even awful is better than nothing, you know, but I had to really go inward after those moments where I, cause you know, I would have this spiritual hope that she would feel this peace that I found, you know, and I forgot that I spent so, so much time doing that inner work so much deep diving into self and people like she hasn't, I don't know now, but in her life had the time or ability to do that. I was sent to a place where I had nothing but time. And so I utilized that time and it shifted my whole world. So from the inside out, that's how it works. You know, you go inward, you have the experience energetically inside and it creates these reflections out in the physical world. It, it really does work that way. That's why prayer works. You're vibrating an energy, it vibrates out and then the universe vibrates back. And there's this amazing gift of God has given us an ability to create our reality, to let go of shame, blame, fear, and these dark imprisoning stuff. So with her, it was hard because I loved her so much. I was like an open channel to her all the time. And we would talk. So when she would be upset, I would, I, I was weird. I'd feel all this love. And then as soon as we actually would speak, there was this huge amount of pressure and this energy and i started realizing it was like the energy yes i had in response to hers but she was carrying so much hate and so much anger and i don't mean just at me i mean i get why she would have done that but there's this deep sense of like misunderstanding of herself it's uh I couldn't see it so clearly when i was using because i was blind because of all my stuff and now i see like um, you know, some people are just really disconnected family upbringings, whatever, keep you from learning how to get emotional balance. So you're taught in our society to take medications that anything beyond anything uncomfortable is supposed to be prescribed and medicated. That's not true. Emotions are meant to be felt, expressed, managed and transmuted from yourself. You don't need those things. And, you know, we've all been prescribed meds in this world. So learning to trust yourself, to learn what you need something and when you don't. For me, as I let go of all my, you know, I had a crazy manic meltdown. So I thought I was nuts, but, and I was when I had that meltdown before prison, uh, but it was actually just my awakening. And I didn't understand it because I was stuck in this darkness. I couldn't understand all these concepts that seemed to be downloading to me. But as I spent time doing the inner work, it integrated, it made sense and, yeah, I was definitely batshit crazy, but only because I didn't know myself enough to manage it back then. And now I do. So anyway, I worked very hard to, you know, make it right. And I would get this hope because she would, but 
I wasn't being totally authentic with her. I had, and that's what was funny is I still, every time I thought I had done all the work, I started recognizing in those moments with her, I would be in fear and I might not tell the full truth or part of the stories or I'd say what I think she wanted to hear still. So she would talk to me, all this bullshit. And I had to drop all that. I had to learn like to let go. And she was probably one of the deepest attachments I've ever had. And to shift it, to let it go, to use it as a grounding totem. I love unconditionally and she's always part of my being in a way, in a loving way. And, you know, if she ever wants to make it, you know, clear the air and energy between us, I'm here and I'm ready to face anything. But I can't force people to learn how this works. Because, you know, when two people make a clearing of energy, it is felt. There's no, the awkwardness you might feel right after amends, if you give it time, if it was truly a healing moment, both people begin to feel peace, right? Now, when you, in our society, when it's just words, people are so misaligned. They don't even know their emotions from their thoughts, even from their physical actions. They think left and their body goes right. You know, it really is this mix up. So learning to, for me to, my words, my emotions, my actions are aligned. My actions fulfill my thoughts right? There's no, that's how it works. So in our society, though, it's so suppressed. And we're taught a bunch of lies. I mean, the healing modalities, the medical system, all of them. And we bought into it, we've become sick. And it's time that the planet is healing. And I know that learning how to release these attachments, these resentments, and, you know, because I had to learn not to resent her for not giving me a chance at amends, right? There was all these steps. And that's what I believe the souls with the true helpful souls that we meet that we may not ever see again. You know, this isn't about a romance or anything. This is about enlightenment. And that's how I see those relationships. They're so amazing. And it's so funny because I can feel like a, like a smiling idiot about it when she still wants to like run me off the road or something. But I get it. I get where anger and hate comes from, right? It, it comes from hurt. And it doesn't make it okay. Uh, holding resentments poison you, though. It really does. So when you hold on to an anger at someone else, they might feel it at times, but you're the one holding it, your whole being. That's why in our universe, you can't ever attack someone without making an energetic damage to yourself first. There's no way. The way consciousness is intertwined and people think that there's secrets, but there really isn't. There's data always transmitting there's always those things happening and learning to forgive, to release, to let go. And so when you have the people like like her in your life that you love deeply, that you would love to uh, speak of to, but also don't want to force anything. It's not healing when I force. That's the thing. Healing is all these things that I didn't understand until this relationship. And holy crap, it sucks sometimes, but it also was a profound gift, right? Now I can feel, when I know I can feel all that rejection and all that love and still be whole in myself and know it, you know, I don't believe in rejection the way society puts this like blame choice thing, you know? I don't believe in blaming people either. I believe that takes away my power. That's why this relationship was so good because I didn't need her to forgive me to be forgiven. I really didn't. I finally didn't need that outside reflection to know that I'm a worthy, you know, divine son of this universe, right? Just like, or 
you know, daughters out there, daughters of God, same thing, whatever. We're all creations of the infinite and it's wonderful. And what's what we're capable is even far more wonderful than when you know, I mean, the love and joy and bliss and peace I feel these days, no substance, no relationship, none of that could touch it. It's its own thing. It's a different vibration. It's an energy. And as you do the work, the shadow work, and you release, you let go, it becomes available to you. Anyway, have a good day. Thanks for listening.